Ford. We were at the house. We were in the kitchen. Uh, my wife and I, we were getting ready to cook whatever it was. I got to looking for the salt shaker, opened the spice rack. Something was holding the spice rack back. I could not figure out what it was. And when I finally got the spice rack open, there was this large canister of iodized salt in there that somebody had ripped off the spout of and had turned it upside down and had put it in a Ziploc bag. At least they thought, well, praise God, I'm not going to throw it away. It's worth something. But the Ziploc bag wasn't big enough to hold it, and they've got the salt in there just like this. And I said, Miss Gina, did you do that? She said, no. Did you do it? Are you, you confessing? I said, no, honey, I didn't do that. She said, who do you think did it? I said, I don't know, but I'm glad they did because God started dealing with me about the value of salt. I'm glad, thank God, they didn't have to throw the salt away. Amen. So tonight, if you have your Bibles, we're turning to the book of Mark chapter 9, and my children are squirming right now thinking, dear Lord, who's he going to blame this on us? I don't know. I know Lacia didn't do it. Uh, so <laughs> that's our dog. So uh, nonetheless, we're going to look tonight in the book of Mark, chapter number 9. We've been studying the book of Mark for some time. And I want to read verse number 50 this evening. Mark 9 and verse number 50. The scripture says, Jesus' words speaking to his disciples, salt is good. But if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. The value of salt. Jesus says that salt is very beneficial as long as the salt has not lost its saltness or its savor. We know that salt is really no longer valuable when it loses its ability to preserve and its ability to flavor. A comparable verse is Matthew 5.13. Jesus said, Ye are the salt of the earth. Of course, Jesus is making a metaphor there when he says that. The question I would have tonight is, if we are the salt, why are we sugarcoating the gospel? Amen? Number one tonight, when I think about the value of salt, first of all, I see the picture Jesus gives us, the picture to emphasize. Of course, how many of y'all know that Jesus is no stranger to salt? It's sodium chloride. If you eat too much sodium, you'll die. You eat too much chloride, it, chlorine, you're going to die. But those things together, amen, God can use it for very beneficial reasons. Now, Jesus, no stranger to salt because he created salt. He is our creator. In the Dead Sea, they tell me that the Dead Sea is ten times more concentrated with salt than any other sea. Because of that specific gravity, or maybe the word is density, uh, nobody's going to sink when you get thrown in it. The Roman emperor Vespasian used to throw criminals bound hand and foot into the Dead Sea to scare them and then float right up to the top. I want to say a couple of things tonight that start with the letter P about the picture of salt. First of all, salt purifies. Think with me for a second. It's glistening white, which represents its Purity. The Jews, according to Leviticus law, chapter 2, verse 13, were commanded to offer their sacrifices to God with 
Salt, what about that, amen? We're a sweet-smelling savor unto God, amen? If the Christian is to be the salt of the earth, shouldn't you be an example of purity in your speech, in your character, in your conduct, in your behavior every day? Jesus told us in the word of God, Romans 12, verse one, Paul, our writer, that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Think about the sea, how salty it is. You know what it does? It prevents corruption and decay, which, is, which would be found in the sea. I remember my grandpa, well, one time when I was a little boy, I, I got cut. And the first thing he did was he said, I want the dog to lick it. I thought, I don't know about that, Grandpa, but okay. And then he went and got salt. Man, it burnt, it irritated. But he said, son, that salt is going to promote healing. How many of you know tonight that salt, if you've got salt, amen, it is a healer. It will purify, amen. Remember the man of God, Elisha? He came down to some waters that were very bitter. And in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 21 the scripture says he goes forth to the spring of the waters and he casts salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. What about that? God purified the bitter waters with just a cast of salt. Hey, you are the salt of the earth. God wants to use you to purify and to work on this old corrupt world. Amen? Now you say, well, preacher Darren, the decay is getting worse every day and the corruption is getting worse every day. I wonder what we have to do with it if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, if we're supposed to have a purifying effect, why is it getting so much worse? That must tell me that I'm losing something in my purity, in my walk with the Lord. Amen. Salt, and the next thing I want to point out, salt is very powerful. It's broken down in the little old bitty crystals or cubes, amen. It's very influential. It's very powerful. You may say a little salt goes a long way. You could put salt in hot water or warm water. If you got a sore throat, I would prescribe it, amen. Put salt in some warm water and gargle that just a little bit, honey, and I'm telling you, it'll help you. It penetrates whatever it contacts. And though you may put that salt in there, I, I put salt one time down in that warm water and stirred it up real good, and I thought, man, I must not put enough in it because I don't, where did it all go? It just dissolved. But boy, when I tasted it, I sure tasted the salt that was in it, amen. That's kind of like Jesus. Sometimes we don't always see him standing out on us, amen. But when he gets in us, amen, you get around somebody that's got Jesus, and you'll know it, amen. As Christians, we're supposed to influence the world rather than having the world influence us, amen. We need to learn to be thermostats and impact the world rather than being thermometers. We're supposed to be, reach a lost world by being the salt impacting the world for Christ. President Woodrow Wilson made this statement. This happened to him before he was the president. He was getting a haircut. As he was sitting there, there was a man that entered the barbershop and started speaking about the Lord to every single person in the room. President Wilson said, I thought I was at an evangelistic meeting while I was in the barber's chair. When he spoke, everybody started reacting differently. 
We was, they was cussing. There was gossip going on in there. But when this man came in and started talking about Jesus, it changed the entire room. And he said, and after he left, D.L. Moody, it was obvious he had elevated each person in the room to having spiritual thoughts. You know what it was? He got the salt out of the shaker and started impacting things around him. I want to say this to you tonight. I believe that you in your life, this shaker is a picture of you. You are a salt shaker. Hey, the salt is inside of you. But what good is the salt in the shaker until you get it out? Amen. We've got to be the salt of the earth and we've got to get it, thank God, out of the shaker. The Morton Salt Company. Here we go. The Morton Salt Company. They said the biggest problem they have is rust on their machinery. What about that? Especially when they set inactive. We need to learn to use our influence to impact the world for Jesus rather than some of us, we remain inactive. Amen? We don't sing. We don't read. We don't pray. We don't halfway attend. We don't commit anymore. And we're nothing but rusty. Amen. Here's another letter, another point that starts with the letter P, salt preserves. It's the most common preservative on earth. Years ago, there was no refrigerators. Years ago, there were no freezers. What does salt do? It stops rot. It stops decay. It arrests corruption. My grandpa used to, we'd always kill us a hog at Thanksgiving. Thank God if you've ever killed a hog at Thanksgiving, amen. And then he'd take that, that ham and man, he'd put salt all over, all over it and hang it up there in the smokehouse and shut the door to it. And I thought, now, I grew up with refrigerators and I grew up with freezers, but grandma and grandpa didn't have that. He just hung it up there in the old smokehouse. Here's the thing. He trusted the salt to preserve that meat hanging up there in the smokehouse. And I'll say this, bless God, when I come back next week and Granny fixed to sum up, it was some of the best eating that I ever had. Them old timers knew what it was like to preserve with salt. You, did you realize this? In the Old Testament, listen, uh, I think about this, Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, if 10 righteous people could have been found, it would have preserved Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham prayed, said, God, if you find 50, would you spare it? Yes. 45? Yes. 40? Yes. 30? Yes. 20? Yes. God, just 10. If you find 10 cubes or crystals of salt, righteous people living, will you spare the city? 10 righteous people would have preserved the entire city of Sodom, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know what happened. They were destroyed. Here's our problem. Righteousness, I believe the Bible says, exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness has made our nation great. But a lack of righteousness will destroy our nation. And we're seeing destruction on every hand right now. And it's our fault because we're not being the salt that we're supposed to be. Amen? My Bible still says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. When what happens? When God's people becomes the salt 
that he's called us to be, it will be a healer to society around us. What about that? So here's another one. Salt is precious. Salt was once highly valued. And I'll be honest with you, it should still be highly valued today. The early Indians, they fought over salt springs. Columbus, you know one of the reasons he sailed? He was looking for salt. During the Civil War, the North took the salt factories which were up in Virginia and they also hindered the production of salt down in Louisiana. And the loss of salt affected the South. The Germans, they waged war for salt streams. In ancient times, Roman soldiers would be paid in salt cakes. That was their money. It was called a salarium. Does anybody here get money for working? Do you get allowance, a salary for working, amen? And that comes from the salt cakes that the Romans were given, amen. Have you ever heard the term, he's worth his salt? Y'all say amen right there. I could have said he's not worth his salt, amen. He's worth his salt. Hey, are you worth your salt, amen? Here's another one. Salt is pleasant. It brings out flavor in food. How many of y'all know food sometimes without salt is tasteless? I don't like green beans without salt. I don't like mashed taters without salt. I don't really like corn without salt. Might I add butter too? But I, I just say popcorn tastes better with salt. Amen. French fries, praise God. Preacher, you've not eaten supper yet. You're right. French fries taste better with salt on them. Amen. It's biblical. Job 6, 6, can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Did you know that Christianity brings flavor to life? As salt helps the body, so must Christians help with spiritual healing the society in which we live. Amen. The presence of a godly Christian in the, in, in the, in the society in which we live should lift others up. It should bring zest to their lives. There ought to be an excitement. We ought to create an excitement to others around us, amen. You know what happens in the wintertime when there's snow and ice on the roadways? Preacher Darren, they put out sand. Yeah, but the sand won't do much without salt, amen. And salt will melt the cold conditions. Amen. You get in any cold church, amen, and you get some salty saints stirred up by the Spirit of God and you'll have a meltdown, amen, and the place will get hot and the Lord will get praised, amen. You only need in their churches, we need some salty saints, amen. You ought to say, thank God, preacher, you could have said saltless saints, amen. Listen, the Christian should bring a seasoning effect to those around him. We live in a depressed world. How many of y'all know that? And you should be a source of joy. You should be a source of inspiration. You should be on fire for God. Salty saint, amen. Here's another one, letter P. It promotes. You eat enough salt. Salt on pretzels. Boy, I love pretzels. I love to get them to make fresh there. Man, they put salt on them, them big old cubicles of salt. Ooh, them so good. Preacher, no wonder you have high blood pressure. Amen, you're exactly right. But, but, but may I just say this? Salt promotes thirst, and the more salt you have, the thirstier you get. A dairy farmer, he puts out what's called a salt lick. 
So his milk cows go and lick and lick and lick on that salt lick. Then they get thirsty and they go and get water and the more water they drink, the more milk she produces. You ought to be living your life in such a way that you're thirsting for the things of God and people get around you, salty saint, and they get thirsty for the things of God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, amen, for they shall be filled. We ought to have love. We ought to have compassion. We ought to have courage. We ought to have concern. We ought to have consistency for Christ. Those things will cause others to have a desire for the things of God. Jesus said in John 7, 37, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water. How many of y'all have ever been in, a, in the summertime, maybe sometimes in the wintertime, and you get out and you're working? I remember working, 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 and man, I started, this stuff started dripping. Sometimes it happens to me, I'm doing right now. While I preach, called sweat, I start, oh, you people want me to say perspire. Oh, yeah, I perspire, amen. And when I start perspiring, amen, some of that sometimes ever get on you, run down your face, get towards your lip, get in your mouth, and you're like, whoa, that, that old salty taste, amen, that sweat dripping gives you that salty taste. You ought to be working for the Lord, sweating up a storm for the glory of God, amen. Now, I'm gonna tell you this. Little old lady, I went to visit her. She had nothing whatsoever. She basically lived in a cardboard box. I went to visit that little old saint of God and she said, Preacher, I want to do everything I can to get my tithe turned in. Man, I'm telling you, she's worked her entire life to try to get some social security to retire on and she lives in nothing and she could probably use the money but she decided she'd send it to the church. And how dare I as a preacher of the word of God with that, that lady who's given her life perspiring to have something that's into the church, how dare I not study till I sweat, not preach till I perspire, amen. We'll be laboring for the Lord, amen, in what we do. But instead, we've got a bunch of saints, amen, that ought to be salty, that are not perspiring. The only thing you perspire about is, am I going to make my bills on time? That's all you, or how's the stock market doing? <laughs> Listen, honey, I'm telling you, we ought to get worked up over seeing somebody get saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I, th I think from the scriptures there, we see then the picture that Jesus has emphasized. Saul is good. Now you're still in verse 50. Here's my second point. Preacher, you preached all this. This is my second point. There is a problem we must evaluate. Preacher, you're just running well there, but now you're telling me there's a problem. Oh, you must evaluate the problem. Look with me, verse 50. He says, but if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will you season it? Now, as I started studying, how many of y'all know this? The chemical properties of salt cannot change on their own. The Lord is speaking about salt that has lost its zest due to exposure to the elements. It's lost its zest or its power, its influence, its impact because of the corruption of the world around it. Now, may I say this, amen? That salt inside of you is not going to change until you compromise. 
until you do something to cause the elements to come crashing on you and change you. The savor here, when I, when I see the, the, the seasoning it or, or the word savor comes to my mind, what does that mean? It means your influence. It means your testimony. It means your witness. You know, your uh, savor can be contaminated by sinful living, by carnality, by conflict. What are a few things that could lose, cause me to lose my savor? These, these will start with the letter D. First of all, you know what will cause you to lose your savor with God? Disobedience. Disobedience. We lose our savor by disobeying the command of God. Preacher Darren, you talking to yourself because I've never disobeyed God. You just lied to him right there. Um, there's been times he told you to testify in the church or to somebody to tell them about Jesus, to talk about Jesus, and you were disobedient. There's been times you're supposed to sing in the choir and you stayed in your pew. There was times, amen, that you were supposed to do something and you were disobedient. God's told you to give something up and you were disobedient and continued on with it. Preacher, do you have an example? Yes, I do. Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife. God said, do not look behind you. And when Lot and Mrs. Lot were led out of Sodom and Gomorrah, she turned around and looked. I think because she was lusting for the things, the carnal, worldly things back there in Sodom and Gomorrah, and she turned around and looked. And you know what she was turned into? A pillar of salt. And it was not a good salt, amen. It was a salt that had lost its Savor, Genesis 19, 26. His wife looked back from behind him and became a pillar of salt. Selfishness, stubbornness, willfulness, just disobedient to God will cause you to lose your savor. What about discontentment? Now he says in verse 50, have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. How many of y'all know if you're mad at somebody, that's not peace? How many of you know if you got a grudge or you got some angry, bitter feelings, that's not peace? You got, you'll get focused. Yourself will get focused on your bitterness and your anger and your wrath rather than focused on peace and the things of God and now you've lost your savor. Bitterness poisons your spirit. I'm telling you not, there's somebody... You've been praying about something and God didn't answer the way you wanted him to and now you're discontent with God's answer to you and you have become a little bit bitter inside, questioning God, wondering why he didn't give it to you because you've been a good boy, you've been faithful, you've done everything he's ever asked you to do and you think that you deserve the answer you wanted to get. Honey, let me tell you what you deserve. You deserve hell. You deserve to be there with your back broke. But God in his grace has saved your soul. And if he's done that, he's done more than enough. Amen. Don't be discontent with God. Amen. Bitterness will poison your spirit. Hatred will consume you. You'll start, you'll find somebody. You ever found somebody you could talk to? And the next thing you knew, you started pouring out your problems to them. And the next thing you knew, your voice went up three octaves and you started venting. I'm telling you, it's not the other person, it's poison, it's you. 
You need a little, little steam off, amen. I'm just telling you, others who observe your behavior, who observe your wrath and your outbursts, they're turned off by your behavior. They can't hear what you, you say. Oh, praise God. Praise. They can't hear you praising God because your actions are screaming something else. Hello? James 1, 26, listen to this verse. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, he deceiveth his own heart. And this man's religion is vain. Be careful that you don't lose your savor. I've got another one that starts with a D. I could go on here all day long. Distractions. Mm. Many people are consumed by carnal, worldly things. You get consumed about position. You get consumed about power. Who's calling the shots? Who's getting to preach? Who's getting to sing? Who's getting to do? Who's getting to do? Who's getting to do? You get consumed by people. What's going on around you? Many times, money becomes such a priority in your life, you neglect the things of God because you've got to make the almighty dollar. I'm telling you, putting money before God will not be a wise decision in anything. Hear me, anything that concerns you more than serving the Lord is a misplaced priority. Many times your choices or your behavior causes conflict with your spirituality. Let's say this. If you're drowning because of the problems in your life, if you're drowning, how are you going to help rescue somebody else? I was reading uh, earlier today and found an illustration. Uh, I, believe, I believe it was in San Diego or one of those cities in California there on the coast. Maybe it was in Los Angeles. They were having this big party in this city because they had had no drownings, not really even any bad accidents for the entire summer in the swimming pools. And the city had invited 100 of their lifeguards in to have a time of celebration. And when it was over, there were 200 people there, 100 of which were lifeguards. When it was over, they found a 33-year-old man drowned, fully clothed at the bottom of the pool. With 100 lifeguards present, a man drowned. You know why? Because they were spending so much time honoring themselves, they forgot about other people around them. Man, that breaks my heart. If you are focused on worldly things, how are you going to help somebody spiritually? Church, what are we focusing on? We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. I found this illustration. There were 40 whales. They were chasing a school of sardines to have something to eat. And the sardines swam close to shore. And 40 whales found themselves marooned in a bay of shallow water. Those small sardines lured those great sea giants to their death. The whales came to a violent demise by chasing small things. There's something that you're focused on that really is a small... Um, listen, sometimes I've seen them on the basketball court say, ooh, they're too small. They can't guard me, they're too small. There are things right now that you don't need to be concerning yourself with. It's too small. It's beneath you, amen. Don't stoop down to their level. Don't stoop down to its level, amen. Be the salt and the power of God that he's called you to be. Will you hear me on December 29th, 1972? Flight 401 from New York to Miami was approaching for a landing 
And as they lowered down the landing gear, the green light that usually indicates the landing gear has come on did not illuminate. So the plane decided they would fly in a circular pattern over the Everglades. The flight engineers started taking apart the assembly to see if the bulb was defective, but the bulb would not budge. The crew began to work feverishly to loosen the bulb and the first or the second officer, he went down below to see if the landing gear had actually come down. And while they were working, nobody noticed the flight was losing altitude the whole time and they crashed in a swamp. 101 people lost their lives because of a light bulb that the black box when it was found told them that it was defective. A 75 cent light bulb. You see, those are the things that we focus on. You may say, preacher, what a tragedy. 101 people lost their lives. Honey, there are people losing their lives all over Spruce Pine, Mitchell, Yancey, and Avery County, and all we want to do is concentrate on three songs in the choir, a special, the preacher, three points and a poem, and let's go to the house? I don't think so. It's time we focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and be the salt that He's called us to be. He's given us power. He's given us the ability to be purity and to be a purifying agent to a lost and dying world. But if we're caught up in that mess, we're never going to be what He called us to be. Amen. I've got a third point. It moves away from the passage in Mark. But if you'll just stay with me. Thirdly, there's a punishment to escape. Out of the book of Matthew 5, 13, Jesus said that ye are the salt of the earth. And then he goes on to say, it is, if, it's, if it's lost its savor, right, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Jesus said that salt that's lost its saltiness or saltness is good for nothing. A little boy asked his mom, said, Mom, would you give me a dollar if I'd be good? She said, son, why don't you be good for nothing like your daddy? <laughs> Hello. Good for nothing means useless. What a tragic word for a tragic condition. Not useful to God. And I'm afraid there are many Christians, I'm putting quote marks up, that may be just like that. They used to have savor. They used to have zest. They used to have things in their life, but now they've lost it. They're good to be thrown out, trampled upon, saltless saints. Preacher Darren, I think this is a loss of salvation. No, 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 no. no. You cannot lose your salvation it's not yours. He gave it to you, amen. He's got it in heaven's bank vault. He's not talking about losing your salvation. He's talking about losing your influence. Has it, maybe you can think of somebody. Somebody you used to trust, but some things happened. And man, you wouldn't trust them now for nothing because they lost their testimony and their influence. And you, 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 you are, you're going to avoid that. You see, when salt goes through a chemical change of composition, the Romans would throw it out beside the road. And, and it really, they would pave their roads with it. 
Because when you throw out salt, though it's no good, it won't savor anymore, it doesn't have taste anymore, you know what it'll still do? When you put it out, it'll kill everything on the ground. It'll kill the weeds, it'll kill the grass, and all that's good is to be walked on. Honey, I don't want the Lord just to come into Bethel Baptist Church where he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. And when he's in here walking around, I don't need him to be walking on me because I'm good to be thrown out or good to be trodden upon. I want to be bowed down before him to worship him and I want him to help me to go out and be used of God, amen. How many of you want to have an influence and be used of God, amen, in this world and society in which we now live, amen? So I started thinking about it. Did you know that God Almighty, our Bible, the Ten Commandments and prayer over the years to school systems have become illegal? But condoms, sex education, homosexuality, humanism, all those things are legal. You can be a, you can be a, a, a boy or a girl, if that's not what you are. You can be a furry. You can declare yourself an animal. And the schools are putting out now little places for you to go, little litter boxes for you to go to the bathroom in. I'm just telling you. I'll tell you, that's what happens when the salt has lost its savor. And it's time for the salt to go to work. In the last 10 years, suicides among young people, just listen to the other day, 150% increase in just the last few years. You know why? It's time for the salt to work. Did you know that two-thirds, listen to this, two-thirds of graduating seniors in high school last year confessed they had experimented with illegal drugs. That's 66% of our high school graduates say they have experimented with illegal drugs. Why is this happening to our society? It's because I am not the salt that God has called me to be. I've decided it's more comfortable in the shaker than it is to be out here trying to be a help to other people. What if they reject me? What if they don't want me? What if they don't like me? Honey, they rejected their master. What's worse that can happen, amen? If they rejected him, they'll reject us. And it's okay. We're identifying ourselves with Jesus. Sodomy has gone from a sin to a sickness to a socially accepted practice. It's time for the salt to work. The divorce rate in the last few years has risen 40%. It's time for the salt to work. Love has been forsaken as lust. Satan, I listened to something today, Lord have mercy. She was an atheistic Satanist, Lord have mercy. Satan is worshipped as a saint. Man is being magnified above his maker. You know why? It's time for the salt to get to work. Somebody said to me this week, Preacher Darren, I believe America is ripe for judgment. I said, I don't think so. You don't know we're being judged right now. All the things that's happening right now is the judgment of God that is falling on our nation because we've rejected Him. Preacher Darren, how does God judge us? He lets us have our way. God's our biggest hope. But God is also our biggest threat. 
And the only way we're going to escape the decay and rot and corruption of this world is becoming the salt God's called us to. We need to apply the salt. Their homes needing salt. Their families. Daddy, God called you to be the salt in your home. He needs you to be the salt in your home. He needs you to be the salt in your marriage. He needs you to be the salt on the workplace. To be the salt in the marketplace. Church, we're called to be the salt. It's time for us to get to work, amen. Some years ago, Luke, you hear me well, I went and bought a tuba caulk because I had some caulk that I needed to do on the side of the house there. I just used a little bit of that caulk. I bought a whole tube, but I only needed about that much, but I bought a whole tube. I had my little helper there, you know, and I, I cut the end off of it real good. I put the cap back on. I said, I'm going to put this up on the shelf. And man, when I need caulk again, I got a whole tube. I come back six months later, I needed caulk again, and I couldn't even get the top of the cap off the tube. It had completely ruined. It had completely gone bad in those months of inactivity. Church, I'm telling you, it's time to get active again. It's time to get to serving him one more time. Preacher, now don't you come up here on a Wednesday night and tell me I'm not serving him. You could do better. I tell my ball teams all the time, we can do better than that. Preacher Darren, even if they hit 99 out of 100, that's right, they could have hit all of them. Amen. I'm just telling you, we can do better than we're doing for the glory of God. Maybe you're here, say, Preacher Darren, you're right, I've lost my savor. I've messed up big, big time. I, 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 I feel like I'm good for nothing. I want you to remember some things here. Though the salt now has lost its savor and it's only good to be trodden under the foot of men, don't forget that there's nothing too hard for God. That forgiveness belongs to God. And God will forgive you and God can restore you. And I want, I want to tell you something. Did you know that Christians are supposed to be forgiven too? Amen. And if God the Father forgives you and your brothers and sisters will forgive you, you've not hurt your testimony as bad as you think. God can still use you if you're willing. He can make all things new even right now. Caden Burleson, come up here, son. I was up in the night thinking about you. God said, I don't want him to do it. I want you to stand right here. You like to have this? Oh, wait a minute. It's fallen. Would you still like to have it? You'd still like to have it, but it fell. Look at it. It's, did y'all see it fall? It's crumpled up. Would you still like to have it? But look, man, that looks like trash. That's just a wadded up piece of paper. That means nothing. You still want it? It's been stomped on, Brother Caden. It's been trampled upon. It's been trodden under the foot of men. You still want it? You sure about that? Well, well and if I put some water on it, right? It's wet, it's messed up, it's filthy now. It's wet, it's ruined. You still want it? Why? Why would you want it when it fell? Why would you want it when it's crumpled up? Why would you want it when it's been stomped on? Why would you want it when it's wet? Why would you want it? It's still worth its value. It's still worth its value. Pick it up, son, it's yours. 
I'm going to tell you all tonight, amen, I wish I had something bigger to give you. I'm going to tell you all tonight, you feel like you're such a waste. Life has passed you by and you're completely ruined. You're messed up. You're crumpled up. I'm going to tell you something, Bethel Baptist Church. God said, I have a work I want to do in that church. And it's time you become the salt that I've called you to be. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Seth, I want you to come. I know it's Wednesday night. But I wonder if there's somebody here says, preacher, I want to be the salt. He didn't throw me away. I'm not completely spin. I want to be used of God. Would you come tonight? He's wanting to pick you up. He sees you of value. He sees you of worth. He wants to help you tonight. Would you come? Would you just bow the knee to him tonight? So God, would you help me to be the salt that you called me to be? I don't even know where to start. Maybe there's somebody. Preacher, I don't even know where to start. It just... Just bow in your heart. Just bow your knee to him and say, Lord, I don't even know where to start, but I know I need your help to be the salt you called me to be. Lord, tonight, the salt has value. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, for the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life that we, which were of this world, he came and freed us from this world and he chipped us away and and calls us to be the salt, God. He did a work, a, a, a chemical work in our life, God, to let old things pass away. And behold, all things are become new. And Lord, tonight we've become the salt to be a purifying agent, to be preserving and to be powerful. And God, somehow we've gotten distracted. Somehow, Lord, there's been some discord. Somehow, we, Lord, we've got our eyes off the right thing. Lord, would you help us then tonight, God? Lord, we realize that there's nothing good about us. We realize we've messed up. We realize we're not doing all we could do. But tonight, God, as we bow, we're asking you, Lord, would you pick us up? Would you work in our lives by the power of the Spirit and refresh us and renew us and do this for Jesus' sake? I'm asking you, Lord, because I sure need your help. And I sure need your encouragement. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.